the time has come for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to be preached round the whole world from our Jerusalem with new vigor. Join us in our services at Christ Apostolic Church All Saints Chapel, located inside the CS General Secretariat Complex and Lugwa Bajoro Ibadon. Sunday Glorious Service holds every Sunday, 8 to 11 a.m. Wednesdays, 5.30 to 7 p.m. is the time to search the scripture in our Bible study session. And every Friday at 5.30 to 7 p.m. is the power-packed prayer meeting where God of Christ Apostolic Church will be pulling down strongholds and repackaging people's lives. Your testimony is guaranteed as you join us in all our services. Pastor T.D. Asukeji, All Saints Chapel's Chaplain, says you are welcome to the atmosphere of miracles, signs, and wonders. For inquiries, please contact 0909-396-2095 or 703 or 0806-1137-570. CAC All Saints Chapel, making ready a people prepared for the Lord. Father and our God, once again, we thank you immensely from the very bottom of our hearts. Thank you for making us your children, for all the privileges that we have as your children. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to come and worship before you today. Thank you because you, are not, you have not allowed the evil one to stop us from coming into your house we say glory be to your name in the name of jesus Amen. once again lord we want to listen to what you have for us we pray that our hearts shall be receptive and be willing to do your will lord we thank you in jesus name Amen. thank you please be seated morning everyone uh, it's so good to be here and to see your beautiful and radiant faces we want to continue with what we started uh, last week Sunday and once again we read from the book of Luke chapter 9 Luke chapter 9 
that has been our reading for today. And we shall continue to consider this uh, passage of the scripture um, for some um, weeks, possibly. From verse 27, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death to the see the kingdom of God. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistering. And let's stop uh, here now and see uh, if we can go further than this today. Um, last week, we began to talk about some features of the kingdom. That is, when you are in into the kingdom of God, there are certain things to show, um, to prove that you are actually in that kingdom. Um, Jesus said to his disciples, there are some of you who will not taste death before you see the kingdom of God. And uh, the Bible says, after six days, or about eight days after the sayings of our Lord Jesus Christ, he took three of his disciples to a mountain apart, Peter, James, and John. And um, last week we said, uh, why should he take just three out of the twelve? Why not all of them? And uh, we said, yes, that could be indicative of something that uh, many are called, but few will be chosen. And it's not everybody that calls me Lord, Lord, as he said, will get to the kingdom, but only those who do his will. Three out of twelve. That should say something uh, to us today. And our prayer last week was that um, we will see the kingdom before we see death. And um, this uh, morning, let us consider Number one, uh, one feature, one sign that you are in the kingdom. The number one thing is that there will be a changed countenance. What did I say? A changed what? Countenance. Um, verse 28 says, Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. Verse 29 says, As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. That's what we must consider uh, uh, this morning. The appearance of his face was altered. Hmm. You know that the countenance of a man or a woman is the outward expression of that which is on the inside. If you're happy inwardly, it radiates in your face or on your face. It shows. If one is sad, then you know uh, by the appearance and the expression on his face. And the Bible says when the 
uh, went up that mountain, the first thing was that uh, the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ was altered. People were looking at him. Peter, James, and John, it's like, yeah, they never saw him in that form before. The countenance of Jesus actually changed. Uh, this is not uh, the uh, man we've been dealing with, working with uh, for these past uh, months or years. This is a different person. The appearance of his countenance changed. That's what the Bible says. The appearance of his face was altered. And um, that tells us that if we have seen the kingdom, if indeed we are in the kingdom, if we have indeed seen the kingdom, then we will have altered countenance. What does that mean? Does it mean we have to uh, look moody? Uh, do we have to look sad? Wear mournful look? No. More than that. As a matter of fact, um, there is every reason for us to rejoice when we become Christians. Okay? Because we have something inside of us. But the altered countenance uh, that we are talking about uh, is quite different from what many of us may be thinking of. When you, when you become a Christian and you are in the kingdom, one, you radiate light. You exude. You exude um, some things. Uh, you cannot hide uh, what you have on the inside. You radiate love. You radiate some tremendous uh, a form of uh, maturity and so on and so forth. You know that the body, the body is the instrument which we, uh, by which we express ourselves. You know, we always talk of body language. And there is something about you that will show to the world that you are in the kingdom. You know that when a soul is surrendered to Christ, a soul that is, uh, uh, is I mean, uh, so, uh, submitted rather, when a soul is submitted to Christ, uh, there is something about that soul. It becomes beautified. You are no longer the person that you used uh, you to, be, to be. We call it the fruit of the Spirit. And we have it in the book of Galatians uh, chapter, chapter 5. Uh, let me read something there for you. Galatians chapter 5. It reads from verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. When we are in the kingdom, we will exhibit all this. And this is very much in contrast with what uh, um, it's been said before. If you read the same chapter 5 of the, of the book of Galatians, verse 19 says, For the flesh, but now the works of the flesh are evident. And what are they? Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, 
heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But thank God, you know, in verse 19 it says, but, thank God for divine buts. Uh, the Bible says, Naaman was a great army general in Syria, but, huh? What? But what? It was a leper. Okay? But thank God, there are divine buts. The birth of Naaman was not divine. The birth in his life was not divine. There's something, there is something divine about the birth in the life of Naaman. But here, the Bible says, when uh, having enumerated uh, some of the things uh, called the works of the flesh, now verse 22 says, but, that's a divine but. Thank God for those divine buts. There are so many of them uh, in the Bible. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And that, these are the things you will exhibit when you are in the kingdom. A changed countenance. Hmm. You, know, you know, when God gave us the body, the body is not just to toil on the farm. The body is not just to be uh, pampered on the lap of luxury and um, hedonism. Um, the body is to be used to express that which God has given to us. Uh, it is through the body that we work out that which God has worked in uh, when we are saved. The body is to be presented to God. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, that we are, we are besieged by the message of God to present our, body, our bodies uh, unto God as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice that we are acceptable unto him through the body that we wear, the body we put on, the body that, uh, in which we live. Um, we can, we can uh, show to the world that yes, God has put something in us. That's what makes the difference. A changed or altered countenance. You know, the Bible says, except ye be converted and become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, sometimes when I, in the past when I was pastoring, you know, it, it won't take me a very long time to know who are the real citizens of heaven in the church I pastor. But the Bible says, by their fruit, you, you will know them. It doesn't take a long time at all to know who are the real candidates of heaven. That is not, you cannot continue to pretend. You can't pretend for long before we know that you are a son of, or daughter of God or not. By the fruit, you shall know them. Yeah, there are certain uh, external signs to show that we actually have entered into the kingdom. Although appearance may be deceiving. Yes, we know that appearance may be deceiving. Uh, but um, uh, we do have to show by our outward signs that we are Christians indeed. I'm going to give some illustrations now. You know, anyone that has ever met with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, must of necessity uh, show to the world through what he does, how he or she lives, 
that actually she, he or she is in the kingdom. Let me give you some example. The Bible says, Jacob met with God at Peniel. I'd like to read that so that you don't say that I'm... Uh, uh, this, these are not my words. And I'm, I'm not preaching from my own resources. Uh, Genesis 32 from verse uh, 22, I will read. Genesis 32 from verse 22. The Bible says, And he arose that night and took his two wives, that's Jacob, his two female servants and his eleven sons, and crossed over the ford of Jabok. That's Jacob in Jabok. He took them, sent them over the brook, and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. That's the angel touching the socket of the hip of a man known as Jacob. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go. For the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what's your name? He said, Jacob. Jacob, the supplanter. Jacob, the schemer. Jacob, uh, a man who trusted so much in his ability to outrun others. Okay? Jacob, a man who had so many vices clinging to his, to his name. I am Jacob, the supplanter. He told that angel, I am Jacob. Yes, you have seen me with uh, all these, uh, these two wives, these two female servants, and all these 11 children. Yet, I am I'm a supplanter. I'm, I'm a bad man. He told that angel. And the Bible says, your name, he said to him, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. He blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, meaning the face of God. I have seen the face of God. Yes, I've been seeing the faces of men for a long time. I've seen the face of my father, my mother, my um, uh, uncle, uh, avaricious uncle, turned uh, father-in-law, Laban. Yes, I've seen faces before. But a difference is important to my life now. I've seen the face of the Lord at Peniel. That's what Peniel means. Now, for I've seen God face to face. You see now? This is a man, that's his testimony of Jacob. I have seen God face to face. I am now in the kingdom. I'm no longer the old Jacob he used to know. And my life is preserved. Just as, as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him. And he limped. He does what? Eh? He limped. From that moment, he began to limp. Okay? He limped on his hip. And um, when, when, when um, the sun now uh, comes out and people see him when it was full day, you know, that happened in the night. 
when the angel touched his hip and that disjointed the whole thing. It was in the night. But when the morning came, people around me, around me will be asking questions. Jacob, what's the matter with you? You are not, yesterday you were not walking like this. Last week you weren't walking like this. What's the matter with you? Why are you limping? From that moment, Jacob began to walk like this. The, why are you not walking? You, have, you, you seem to have lost your former manner of walking and moving now movement. His answer to them will be, I've seen the face of the Lord. I've seen the Lord. I am no longer the old Jacob. I have seen God. I am now in his kingdom. Something to show that yes, is he, he was in the kingdom. And that's what happens to us all. When we become members of the kingdom, when we have seen the kingdom, we see the kingdom before we die, and therefore there is something, something to show to the world, something physical. They must see it, like we were told in the Sunday school today. If we put those things uh, uh, to heart, there must be something, some feature to tell the whole world that yes, we are no longer the Mr. Crooked, Mrs. Crooked we used to be. We are now in the kingdom. That's one. Then we have the story of Jonah. If you go to the uh, uh, um, book of Jonah, chapter, chapter 1. We all know the story of Jonah, don't we? But if you go to the book, let's, let me read again. Jonah chapter 1, verse 10, from verse 10. The Bible says, then the men were exceedingly, after they had discovered that Jonah was the source of their trouble, then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may become for us? For the sea was growing more temp tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land. But they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. And what did they do? The Bible says, So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, we, we, didn't know, we, we don't know, um, we never met Jonah before. We read that from the book of, uh, uh, in, in the Bible. But uh, the story was told of a man, not an African, a European person. It was equally swallowed like that. You know, by will, the same thing that happened to Jonah. But uh, he was rescued somehow, and before he could, he, he could lose his life uh, to that fish, the fish was caught and uh, uh, split, and the man was taken out. You know what? We were told. This story was told us 1978. Now, till the day of the, the death of that man, 
the color of skin turned yellow and remained so till he died. He lived for many years after that. But for the rest of his life, the color of his skin was turned yellow. Let anybody ask him, what's, what's the matter with you? He will say, I have had an experience. I was in the fish belly for just a, <laughs> a few minutes. Never the same again. And uh, probably the color of the skin of the man Jonah was like that for the rest of his life. Should people ask him, Jonah, what's the matter with you? He will say, I've met with the Lord. <laughs> Just like Jacob met with the Lord at Peniel. I met with him, this time not at Peniel, but in the very belly of the fish, the very bottom of the sea. Something to show that you have had an experience, an encounter with Jesus Christ. And you are now a member of his kingdom. No, let me give you the example of Paul. Paul in Acts chapter 9. We read of Paul there. Acts chapter 9. We all know the story of Paul when he was going to um, Damascus and he met with the Lord on the way. What happened to him? Let, let's read. Acts chapter 9. I read from verse, verse 1 again. Then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. He was blind. He became blind. He saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, from the, from the very spot where the Lord Jesus Christ met him and knocked him down. On, uh, 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 until he got to the city of Damascus, he was blind. And he, was, he wasn't blind for just one hour or two. The Bible says um, in verse 7, and the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he tried to open his eyes. He saw no one. But they led him by the hand. He was led by the hand into the city of Damascus. And he was three days without sight. And neither ate nor drank. Three days without sight until God spoke to uh, Ananias. The, the Bible says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called the street. 
and inquired at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he rose, he arose, and was baptized. From the scripture we have read, we see how Paul was met by the Lord on his way to Damascus. And for that experience, he became what? You are not responding. He became blind. Something to show that he has met with the Lord. Something to show. Something physical to show. Jacob had something physical to show that yes, he had met with the Lord. Jonah must have had something to show to the people in his generation that he had met with the Lord. And here, Saul, having met with the Lord on the way to Damascus, became blind. He lost his sight for three days until he was prayed for and the scales fell off his eyes. Features of those who are in the kingdom of God. Not only that, let me tell you another one. We have in Mark chapter 5, the story of the man known as the demoniac of Gadara. The demoniac of Gadara. You remember his story? I read again from verse 1. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And if you, if you read the, probably, do you have any King James Version there? Anybody with King James Version? Huh? Can, can you read? Can you read verse 6? But, that's it, that's it. But what? But, but, that is, what kind of but is that? Divine but. This was a man who was possessed, demoniac, cutting himself with stones, crying, and um, leaving the tomb. He was not fit to live among decent people. He was not dead yet, leaving the tomb, living in the grave living in the cemetery, cutting himself, doing all sorts of things, bound with chains and fritters. Nobody, he was such an incorrigible individual. Nobody could tame him. That's what the Bible says. Nobody could tame him. I like, verse, I like that, that verse, the rendition of King James. Uh, my own new King James version says, when he saw Jesus. Read, read verse uh, uh, 6 again. But when he saw Jesus, thank you so much. That brings about a, 
a turnaround in situation, but a divine but, a, a but that is different from that kind of uh, the but of Naaman. But when he saw Jesus, hmm, from afar he ran and worshipped him, and he cried out with a loud voice and said, "What have I to do with you, Jesus?" Son of the Most High God, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For I said to him, Come out of the man unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What's your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country, and so on and so forth. But uh, verse 13, and at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. There were about 2,000, and they had run violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. But when you, when you, when you, when you read further about this man, the Bible says, verse 15, Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his what? Eh? His, his sanity is now restored. He has met with the Lord Jesus Christ. His sanity was restored. He was in his right mind. No more, no more crying. No more cutting himself with stones. No more chains and fetters. No more leaving the tomb. No more being naked. He's now clothed and in his right mind. That's, 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 he had something to show. People will see that this is the man used to, I mean, we, all, we all know, he's used to crying. He's used to cutting himself with all our uh, available sharp objects he's used to be violent he used to be violent he used to be naked well look at him now clothed and in his right mind that him writer says what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since jesus came into my heart a wonderful change in our life must happen a wonderful change. We are, we're not, it's, it's not uh, uh, that we are pretending. Something must show to the world that yes, we are now in the kingdom. Today, if that demoniac will no longer go back to the cemetery, will no longer cry, no longer cut himself, will no longer need chains and fetters, No longer live in the tomb. One hymn writer says, Don't turn around to the things you have left behind. Those things we have left behind, we don't turn around to them. We let the whole world. The Bible says, When a man or a woman is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. All those things are gone. They are gone and gone forever. Never to be returned to. This morning, as we come, to worship before the Lord. The Lord is saying to us, what is it that you've got to show to the whole world, to those around you, that you are in the kingdom? Something must happen. Let's think about it today. Have I got anything to show to the world that I have met with the Lord, that I am in the kingdom. Christianity is not about, um, as we have heard during the Sunday school lesson this morning, so just about coming to church. It's about being the light and the world. That makes the difference, all the difference in this world. 
something to show that we are in the kingdom. Shall we rise as we pray this morning? Paul said, henceforth, let no man trouble me again, for I bear upon my body what? The mark of Christ. I bear upon my body, upon my something. We are branded. So, you know, the stamp of the ownership is placed upon us to say, this is mine. You are mine. The whole world will see. It's not about wearing. In those days, we used to wear uh, uh, shirts with some inscription on it to show that we are Christian. But more than that, it's not about what we wear or what we don't wear, but about what we are inside that uh, radiates outside. Lord, I want to have an encounter with you. An encounter with you. Jacob had an encounter with you. Jonah had an encounter with you. Saul, on his way to Damascus, had an encounter with you. The demonic of Gadara had an encounter with you. I want an encounter that will let the whole world know that I am in the kingdom. Father, let it happen in my life. Shall we pray?